Our scripture passage should sound familiar after hearing George Handel and our musicians this morning. From the 40th chapter of the book of Isaiah. Comfort, O comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and cry to her that she has served her term and that her penalty is paid, that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. A voice cries out, In the wilderness prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be lifted up and every mountain and hill made low. The uneven ground shall become level and the rough places a plain. Then the glory of the Lord shall be revealed and all people shall see it together for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Get you up to a high mountain, O Zion, herald of good things. Lift up your voice with strength. O Jerusalem, herald of good tidings, lift it up. Do not fear, says, say to the cities of Judah, here is your God. See, the Lord comes with might, and his arm rules for him. His reward is with him, and his recompense before him. He will feed his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs in his arms and carry them in his bosom and gently lead the mother sheep. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. God, send your Holy Spirit upon us that we may hear with wisdom and receive with joy what you are saying to your church this day. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Advent is a bifocal season. Many of you know the experience. You've reached that stage in life where the onset of presbyopia, elder eyes, means that seeing up close and far away at the same time just isn't possible anymore. Reading a book and driving a car at the same time isn't only ill-advised, it just can't be done. Reading a sermon manuscript and seeing all of your faces, it, uh, looking meaningfully into all, each of your eyes, isn't possible without a pair of bifocals. Oh, there you are. Advent begins today and is a season where we need bifocal vision to get what's going on. We're in between things, looking back and looking forward. We're past Thanksgiving, but we're not quite in Christmas yet. Last week, we celebrated Christ the King Sunday, which brought the church year to a close, and only to start it up again today. And in, in Advent, listening to prophets, sets the stage for Jesus. And even though he was born 2,000 years ago, we, along with those who sit in darkness, are still waiting with eager anticipation for the fullness of what Jesus' birth means. Every year at this point, the world wants to get on with the birthday party and doesn't want to live with delayed gratification in this season of Advent, we hear the clarion call from Scripture, Sleepers, awake! 
and we're opening our eyes to see Jesus set upon the world stage for all to see. Now God is the set designer and the script writer and we're just about to hear the voice of one crying out in the wilderness, lights, camera, action. No, wait, I mean, prepare ye the way of the Lord. Advent is a bifocal season. We look for Jesus who lived long ago, who taught and healed the people, who died upon the cross and was raised from the dead, and yet we're also looking for his coming again. Two visions, two worlds of waiting, the already and the not yet. Perhaps though we might need trifocals in this season of Advent to see not only the past and the future, but the present moment. Advent is a season that embodies that one night journey of Ebenezer Scrooge and Dickens' Christmas Carol where the ghosts of Christmas past, Christmas present and Christmas future come for a wee visit and help old Ebenezer to see not only his, his life, but all of life differently. For us, we need a visitation of another spirit. And that spirit shines the light of scripture, shines on the light of scripture to be our guide because scripture has bifocal and even trifocal vision. Every valley shall be exalted and every hill made low. Behold, the Lord comes with might to set things right and gather the lambs in his arms and gently lead the mother sheep. Well, that's all fine and dandy, but what does it mean? Well, there are at least two ways that scripture helps us to experience Advent's dual vision. The poetic and the, pra the, poetic and the practical. Having spent many years sitting in church choir lofts, I've had the chance to internalize the poetry of scripture and its vision of the world. Now, 42 years ago, there was a composer named Tom Fetke, and he enlisted the help of a poet named Linda Lee Johnson in resetting the words of the eighth psalm in his choral piece, The Majesty and the Glory of Your Name. Now, I have to be careful in quoting this piece of music, for choir members may spontaneously break forth into tongues, I mean singing, but I shall venture forth where angels fear to trod. When I gaze into the night skies and see the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars suspended in space, oh, what is man that you are mindful of him? You have given man a crown of glory and honor and have made him a little lower than the angels, and you have put him in charge of all creation, beasts of the field, the birds of the air, the fish of the sea. Oh, what is man that thou art mindful of him? O Lord, our God, the majesty and glory of your name transcend the earth and fill the heavens. O Lord, our God, little children praise you perfectly. And so would we. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The psalmist looks into the night sky and can only marvel stepping out imaginatively beyond the bounds of the earth, seeing with eyes made ever new, the psalmist from the vantage point of the earthbound existence gains a vision of the bigger cosmos and knows that God's fingerprints are all over it. 
all over everything. The psalmist has the bifocal vision that we need in Advent, one that says, I see what's going on here and now. Life is hard, even cruel and absurd, but I look to the heavens and see what happened before my dust mote life ever began. The creator has shaped all of life. Oh God, your handiwork is almost too amazing for me to look upon. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is so high that I cannot attain it. And yet, we get glimpses of the bigger picture. Advent is a time to be keenly aware of what's going on here and now and to gain some perspective, to gain vision. God's cosmos, cosmos is vaster than we can imagine or envision. God's wisdom for the ages, though, is also for us here and now. The poetry of scripture helps us with the practicality of living this life, the time in between, the already, and the not yet. When life is especially hard and cruel, we can get caught up in the practical and lose hope because the bigger picture is too impersonal. What do I care that humanity survived the plague 700 years ago? How am I going to get through this plague? How are we going to get through this next week? The poetic and the practical come to us from other vantage points as well. Now, scientists who are very practical can also be visionary, marveling at the world, the cosmos, the heavens, but with a slightly different apparatus for interpreting what they see different from theological imagination. Now the astronomer has a vision too that is bifocal, searching for what has been and for what is coming. From the vantage point of the earth, telescopes pierce the veil of the earth's encompassing gases, venturing beyond the atmosphere they gaze into the night sky. Seeing 13.8 billion years into the past, to the origins of the known universe, doing practical things, such as discovering and naming the, the moons of Pluto, little Nix and Hydra, determining the rate at which the universe is expanding, figuring out that at the center of every one of the billion galaxies is a black hole that anchors the circling and swirling stars and planets, and that they can actually create, scientists can, a 3D map of dark matter truly wonders to behold. The Hubble telescope goes one better than the terrestrial star viewers. Although it is relatively modest in size, it remains one the best telescope science has produced, consistently outperforming many of the most advanced ground-based telescopes and still considered the pinnacle of optical and ultraviolet astronomy and uh, sits out there in planetary orbit measuring the heavens one snapshot at a time. Hubble has peered back into the very distant past to locations more than 13.8 billion light years from Earth. Now, can you imagine light traveling 13.8 billion years to get to us? You know, with mom and dad light in the front seat of their Stardebaker 5000 zipping through the universe with little Ben and Sally light in the back seat asking, are we there yet? Are we there yet? No. Are we there yet? No. A hundred million times a millennium, and yet light is coming. 
the Hubble's gaze is truly far-reaching. And if it could express itself, it might say, I've seen things you people wouldn't believe. Dwarf stars off the shoulder of Orion, sea beams glittering in the dark near the Tannhäuser Gate, the pillars of creation ablaze with fiery magnesium, all those moments will be lost in time like tears in the rain. Oh, if you only knew what was coming. With all these discoveries, an astronomer perhaps can only help but marvel at the immensity, the strangeness, the awesomeness of the universe. And such wonder draws us from the travails of our daily life and toils to the long arc of the universe. Such marveling can only be soul tending. The biblical poets marvel at the heavens too. The prophet Amos says, the one who made the Pleiades and the Orion turns deep darkness into morning and darkens the day into night, who calls for the waters of the sea and pours them out on the surface of the earth. The Lord is his name. The prophet Isaiah, too, is a poet with bifocal vision. He sees what God has done in the past. He observes the signs of times all around him. He knows that a time of doom is coming. And yet he has a vision for a future that God is enacting, coming to us as if from 13.8 billion light years away, startling us with clarity as a shining beacon like a star above a Bethlehem stable, spotlighting light that is to be born and placed in a manger. A child whose name means healer of the nations. Isaiah sees all this with a poetic imagination that pierces the veil of tears that surround us and occludes our vision and says, every valley shall be lifted up, every mountain and hill made low, and the uneven ground shall become level and the rough places a plain. Then the glory of the Lord shall be revealed and all people shall see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. And as if he could see the time and place where Jesus would come into the world, Isaiah proclaims, here is your God. See the Lord comes with might to set things right. Isaiah goes on to ask, have you not seen? Have you not heard? Have you not known? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint and strengthens the powerless. He will feed his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs in his arms and carry them in his bosom and gently lead the mother sheep. Isaiah, believe it or not, is like the Hubble telescope, bringing a far-reaching vision to us and as a living, breathing interpreter of signs and wonders, he proclaims what God's advent will mean for us. God's justice is speeding toward us at, at, at light speed, but it is not impersonal. An inorganic comet streaking through the galaxy, God is light coming to take on the mantle of human flesh, coming with cosmic power truly, but also with the instincts of a shepherd, gentle, with humane compassion and divine love. 
Isaiah sets the stage for Jesus coming into the world and what his advent means for us. For as John's gospel says, in the beginning was the word and the word has come to be visible as light. And that light is the heavenly beacon that will bring comfort, solace, healing, justice, and tenderness. This light in the mantle of our flesh knows our sorrows and sees our afflictions. This Jesus, light of the world, has surely come, will come, and is, e and is with us even now. Isaiah, speaking God's vision of and for the long cosmos, sets the stage for Jesus' arrival. Isaiah lights that stage and places the spotlight on cosmic light in human form, a shepherd who will guide the sheep and pick up the young lambs who are weary and comfort them, leveling the ground before them and giving them strength for the journey. For those with eyes to see, behold the Lamb of God, who comes to banish the sins of the world, Take his yoke upon you and learn of him, for he is meek and tender of heart. Yea, the light cometh into the world and asks, what would you have me do? And we respond, Lord, we would see. Sleepers awake. The dawn of our salvation is nigh. Come, holy light, that we might see. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.